Welcome to the Man on Fire Rising podcast with David Mailer. If you're looking to grow and become the man and king you were born to be, you're in the right place. Each week, David will provide men with tools, tips, and strategies for their business, relationship, body, heart, and mindset. Get ready to rise into your passion, power, and purpose, and live your life to its full potential. Now, let's dive in. What is up, everyone? It is your man on fire mentor, David Mailer, coming to you, yes, you, live today to talk about a very, 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 very important topic. If the holidays trigger you, here is what you can do. So for all of the guys that are following me over the years, thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for your trust. Thank you for letting me in. Thank you for letting me share my trials, my tribulations, my life experiences, as well as my wisdom, as well as my mastery of being able to support men. And it's all about really helping each other rise. It's about helping each other show up with more passion, with more power, with more purpose. It's about building a man up rather than tearing him down. We all have beautiful, unique gifts inside of us. We all have the ability to bring more masculine leadership into the different domains of our life, especially being able to protect the hearts of the feminine. And we as men need to be able to support each other, challenge each other, and hold one another accountable, hold each other to the fire of who we truly are. Very often in life with many men, there's too much sugarcoating, there's too much fluff, there's too much victimhood, there's too much blame. And you know, why guys follow me or why guys will join one of our coaching programs, plain and simply is that they want to be held accountable. They want to be held to the fire. They don't want to get away with their crap. They don't want to get away with their shit. They don't want to keep playing their game and keep wearing these masks and looking in the mirror and feeling like, you know, you're a fake or you're a fraud or you're a phony. And no guy really wants that. But most men don't really know how to start rebuilding their life. One of the simple ways is just get in a group of men who are committed to wanting to grow. Get into a group of men who want to better themselves want to raise their vibration, their frequency, their consciousness, want to play at a higher level, right? The the totem pole is always uh, most crowded at the bottom. So be willing to hang out with those that are willing to be vulnerable, willing to be courageous, and willing to take risk and go for it. This life is so short. You know, I don't know how many years God gives you, whether it's 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, but you know, these, these years are precious. Breathing oxygen is precious. Why not use it to the best of our ability? Why not use every ounce of gifts that God bestowed us with? Why get caught up in victimhood? Why get caught up in blame? Why not just remember who the hell we are and bring that to the world? And sometimes, yes, sometimes it takes other men to wake you up. All right. With all that said, let's take a deep dive into the center of the fire with today's topic, which is if the holidays trigger you, here is what you can do. So let's discuss this and, and let's get clarity on what do I even mean? Well, number one, uh, you know, we have a saying in our community that people don't trigger you, they trigger your triggers. Well, what does that mean in English? It means nobody could really bother you. It's not what somebody else is doing or not doing, what they're saying or not saying, how they're being or not being. 
they're activating something that lives inside of you. So if you don't have something inside of you that's a trigger that you're polarized with, that you have, you know, an issue with, then no matter what's going on outside of you, it doesn't really matter because then there will be nothing inside of you to activate. So when we talk about the word trigger, we're referring to, you know, getting bothered by something, getting annoyed by something. You know, are you polarized about it? Are you triggered by it? Do you have an issue with it? And most of us, if we're honest, we'd say yes. There are certain things in life or certain people in life that just set us off, whether it is a wife, whether it's an ex-wife, whether it's my dad, stepdad, mom, stepmom, a brother, a sister, a co-worker, an employee, an employer, whatever it is, each of us could name things or people that really piss us off or things about that person that piss us off. And somehow we believe that we're justified in thinking that what this person does or is doing or not doing or says, we see it through the lens of right and wrong. Most of us have this filter in life where we process things through the lens of judgment. We see things as uh, outside of us that we can externally blame, right? We're the, we're the last to ever look in the mirror. We're the last to ever realize that the pattern belongs to me. I'm the common denominator. No, it's much easier to point our finger outward and name, blame, shame, judge, project, and think that the reason that you're getting upset or agitated or triggered or polarized really has to do with this other person. So that's a whole discussion. We'll dive into that a little bit, and then I'm going to tell you guys exactly what to do. So number one, recognize that it's okay. It's normal to get triggered. It's normal to have upsets. That is completely normal. Please don't judge yourself for that. Don't make yourself wrong for that. Give yourself a gentle pat on the back. Let yourself know it's going to be okay, big guy. Have a little bit more empathy, a little bit more compassion, a little bit more self-love for yourself. Don't get, you know, don't punish yourself for acting in a way that you're not proud of. Like, for example, when the, the New York Jets uh, lost on Sunday to the New England Patriots, you know, on a punt return, it's natural that I have emotion. It's natural that I have all this passion and that I'm yelling, no, and I, whoa, why, why didn't they kick the ball out of bounds? Why would you do that? Why not just kick it out of bounds? There's 18 seconds left. And then, you know, it'll go to overtime and you have a better chance in overtime. But the only way you lose this game is if you kick this ball inbounds and then give the guy an opportunity to run it back for a touchdown. Why would you do that? Right? So we're going to get triggered. Now, in the older days, I'm just letting you into my personal life here. In the older days, even going back a few years, I would be yelling at a person. I would be yelling at uh, whoever missed the tackle. I'd be yelling at the special teams coordinator. I'd be yelling at the coach. I'd be yelling at the punter and my languaging would be, why, why are you being, why were you so stupid? How could you have been so dumb? Why did you do this? And what I don't realize in that moment is that as long as I am judging this other person, as long as I'm making them stupid, as long as I'm making them dumb, as long as I'm making them wrong, what I can't see and what's invisible to me in that moment is that I'm not that person. I'm the opposite. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm worthy enough. I'm calculated. I make good choices. I make good decisions. I do the right thing. I wouldn't cost my team the game. And so in that moment when we get to judge another person, right, because we got triggered by them, so we think it's justified. But yeah, if you saw what he did, you would see that I had every right to be triggered. 
But what you can't see is that as long as you get to think this way about another person and judge that person, you momentarily and very temporarily excuse yourself from ever having to take a deeper look in the mirror. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that anything that you ever have a judgment towards another person for, any judgment you have towards them, like that person is so dumb or they're so mean or they're so inconsiderate or they're such a liar. I would never do that. That person's a cheater. I can't trust that person. The only reason that you would be activated, charged, polarized, triggered, have all this emotion behind it. Well, there's a few reasons. Number one is you probably have a lot of emotion buried inside of you that's been bound up and it's just waiting to explode like a jack-in-the-box or like, you know, a tea kettle that's getting ready to boil, right? Because again, people don't trigger you, they trigger your triggers. So you, you have emotion inside of there. You have triggers that are just waiting for like a match, like a spark to just set them on fire. Boom, they come out, they come on, you know, wild blazing flames. But what you have to understand is that the reason that you're truly bothered by what other people do or don't do or say or don't say is because you think that you're not the same way. And until you could recognize that a part of you is the exact, yes, I said it, the exact same way as another person, the person that you're judging, until you could realize that a part of you is the same way, then that trigger will own you. And you will always be bothered, always be triggered, always be polarized around that person or around that situation or circumstance because you're in denial that a part of you is the exact same way. So let me give you an example that I always use within our community with the men that are in our inner chamber. These are guys that have come to one of our four-day immersions. This is our signature event. And after the uh, immersion, they have an opportunity, an invitation to join us for a year-long journey in, in our inner chamber. And what the guys have learned in there is that I shared the story where when I used to work in Manhattan on 20th Street between 5th and 6th, I had a chiropractic wellness center called Vikas uh, for well over um, 20 years there. And when I would go on my lunch break, uh, I would always pretty much go to the right and I would go towards 6th Avenue and there would always be this garbage pail on the northeast corner and there would always be somebody that goes to throw away litter you know, whether it's a Snickers wrapper or a peanut M&M's wrapper, whatever it is, they go to throw away some sort of garbage or litter and they would miss their shot occasionally and it would fall to the floor and they would just leave it. And I would get so bothered by this. I'd say, what the hell's the matter with this person? You know, whether it was a man, whether it was a woman, what the hell's wrong with this person? Why can't they just throw away their effing garbage? Like you realize if everyone freaking littered in the city, we'd, we'd live on a, and a pile of garbage and a pile of litter. You know, then we'd see that commercial with the Indian crying. For those of you born in the 60s or 70s, you know, a commercial I'm talking about. And it's like, what's, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with people? Why can't they just throw away their effing garbage? And I would get activated and polarized, even to the point where I would follow that person a block or two. I would pick up the wrapper and I'd, I'd tap them on the shoulder a block or two later. I'd say, hey, you dropped this two blocks back. And, and I'd say, there's a garbage right there. Please throw it away, right? Because by then I cooled off a little bit. But the question is, well, why did it bother me? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I don't litter. I don't litter, right? My father used to throw banana peels out the window. I'd say, Dad, why, you can't litter. He'd say, it's biodegradable. I'm like, you don't even know what that means. And secondly, why don't you just throw it in the garbage? 
so I don't litter. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm nothing like this person. They litter, I don't. So don't tell me that I'm just like that person because when I'm sharing with you guys that you get triggered by the parts of you that you can't accept about yourself, meaning you are just like that person. You have a part that is exactly like that person. I'm giving you an example here. Well, I don't litter, this person litters, so how could you tell me I'm just like that person? Well, here's how. Because then you have to say, well, while I might not show that part of me in the same behavior, littering, let's find out what is a person or who is a person that litters. Well, a person that litters is lazy. Yep, I'm lazy. A part of me is lazy. Person that litters is inconsiderate. Yes, a part of me is inconsiderate. A person that litters is self-entitled. Absolutely, a part of me is self-entitled. A person that litters is selfish. Yes, a part of me is selfish. So now I realize, oh my God, a person that does this activity is all these adjectives, is all these things. My God, I'm all of those things. I have parts of me that are absolutely every one of those things. It might show up in a different way, shape, or form, maybe not through littering, but oh my God, I'm the same way. Now, each and every one of you has a relative, has a family member that for whatever reason, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's, whatever the holiday is, Easter, you know that this person sets you off. You know that they trigger you and you think, I am nothing like that person. You don't understand. My brother's a liar. He's a cheater. He's a fraud. He's a phony. He's a fake. He can't be trusted. Listen, guys, I'm going to give it to you straight. You have to be willing to see where in your life are you currently being or were you in the past similar? Where did you exhibit similar types of behaviors? Maybe not in the same, same shape or form, right? But where did you do that? And if you look deep enough and if you're honest enough with yourself, you will find, oh my God, a part of me is just like that person. Now, that doesn't mean that you're still being that way. So for example, I might say, um, well, I know, let's say that you get really activated by people that cheat, right? And, and you don't like the fact that they cheat. Like, how could you cheat on your wife? Or how could you cheat on your husband? I would never do that, right? So if you at this time of your life are not a cheater and you would never cheat on your spouse and they, and they cheat, of course, you're going to judge them. But the question is, do you realize that there is a part of you that is fully capable of that? Do you realize that maybe earlier in your life you did cheat? And maybe you're thinking, well, today is different. Um, I've grown up. I don't do that anymore. I'm loyal. I'm trustworthy. I would never cheat on my partner. But the thing is, if you can't recognize that at some point in your life you were that way and you haven't accepted that part of you, then that part of you owns you because you think I'm not that. I am not that person. And as long as you think you're not that person, then when you see it in another person, you will reject it. You will be pissed off. You will be triggered. You will be polarized. You will be activated. You will have issue. You'll have all of this emotion and it will sever the ties of your relationship because triggers and charges and polarities destroy intimacy in relationships. Because rather than loving that person and having empathy and compassion because you've accepted those parts with, uh, within yourself, you judge that person. You name, you blame, you shame, you judge, you project. And you can't see that in real time, it's temporarily excusing you from having to accept that a part of you is the same way. Even if you're not like that anymore, you have to realize that a part of you is the same way. While it might not come out in the same behavior, 
a part of you is absolutely the same way. And the more that you're in denial about it, the more that you're trying to prove, no, absolutely, David, you're wrong. I would never do what this person does. I'm telling you, you're a prisoner. You will never be free until you come into the acceptance that that part of you exists. While you might not be letting it um, come into um, physical form, good for you, right? Like a part of us is a liar, but if you stopped lying, great. But you got to take ownership. A part of me used to lie or a part of me used to be a cheater or a part of me uh, hates or a part of me judges. You have to come into ownership of that part and love that part. Don't judge that part. Don't hate that part. Love that part of you back home, right? So for example, I'm married, right? And I am very loyal to my wife and I will never cheat on her. In previous relationships, I cheated. I was not loyal. And I have, I decide that at this stage of my life, while I recognize that a part of me will always be a cheater, a part of me will always be a liar, a part of me will, will always uh, be untrustworthy. I decide at this stage of my life, which parts of me get to run my life, which parts of me get to have the loudest say, which parts of me get to have the loudest voice. Just like there's a part of me that could easily disappear and go off to Las Vegas or go to Bali or go to Costa Rica or go somewhere and live the life of a single bachelor and go do all of those things. That part exists. However, I no longer feed that part of me. But more importantly, I don't judge those parts of me that I no longer am exhibiting in my life. I welcome the fact that I have parts of me that are all those things. But I have command over which parts of me are showing up and when. But I'm no longer in denial that those other parts exist and existed. I just don't feed them anymore. So the fact that you're not being that way anymore doesn't excuse you from taking ownership that a part of you is that way. And the idea is you have to love that part of you back home. And if you can love that part of you rather than judge that part of you, right? Because nobody wants to be seen as a liar. Nobody wants to be seen as, as a cheater. Nobody wants to be seen as self-centered or selfish or egotistical, untrustworthy. But if you don't love those aspects of you, they will own you because you're trying to sell to the world who you are and you're not taking ownership of, yeah, but I also possess these other parts. I'm just consciously choosing not to let them run my life anymore. So if you deny those parts of you, what will happen is you will hate them in another person. So all these rifts, all this shit that you have with your relatives, whether it's a mother, a father, a brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whoever it is, I'm inviting you as we approach Thanksgiving tomorrow and we have the holidays coming up. I'm inviting you to just say a part of me is the same way. A part of me is just like my brother. A part of me is just like my dad, right? And the more that you deny it, the more it owns you, the more you get triggered, the more you get polarized. So before I go a little bit deeper into this teaching, what are you hearing in what I'm sharing? What is landing for you? What is resonating for you? What's an aha that you're taking away from this? Especially for the new guys. Are you hearing something in here that's really helping you right now? Okay, so let's take a little, a little bit deeper step here. So I shared that I was going to give you guys some tools. Well, you know, what do you do? What do you do around the holidays when you know that you have certain relatives that might be triggering you? Um, what should you do about this? So, so here's my suggestion, because in, in our community, we teach certain breathing techniques, which I'm not going to be able to teach you guys on this live uh, to be able to teach it to you responsibly. I just simply can't do this in this type of uh, container. 
But what you can do, because there literally are breathing techniques where you could learn how to dissolve these triggers and find where they live in your body. Like an archaeologist, you could excavate, where am I holding on to this feeling? And, and uh, by getting your breath there through focused attention, you could literally release the trigger in your body. Right? Because patterns in your life have to do with patterns that are in your body. And if you could resolve the pattern in your body, you could resolve the pattern in your life. This is the mastery that I had practicing a certain type of chiropractic for 25 years under the teachings and uh, uh, mentorship of Donald Epstein, just a brilliant man who, who taught me a phenomenal uh, technique called network, network chiropractic, network spinal, where you literally learn how to, how to support people in resolving patterns that are in their body and how to turn a lot of this bound energy inside of you into free and available energy so you have more of your heart to give to the world and how to turn your wounds into gifts. So one simple thing that you guys can do is you can give yourself permission to um, get with the emotions before you get together with your relatives. So what do I mean by that? So, you know, there are, there are socially appropriate times where it's okay to make sound. And then there's times where we just have been socialized not to make certain sounds. So I, you know, I think back to a Tom and Jerry cartoon where, uh, Tom, the cat, was babysitting for this, you know, little baby, and Jerry takes a hammer and he slams Tom on the foot and, and he slams him on his toe. You know, you see the, the toe flashing bright orange and red. And Tom wants to scream, but he doesn't want to wake up the baby. So he opens up the front door, runs up to the top of the hill, and he lets out this loud yell. And he gets with the sound that was inside of him as opposed to stuffing it. So I'm mentioning this for a few reasons. Number one, all of us have so much sound inside of us that we've buried and we just simply don't make. And when you don't make the sound, not only does your body get physically sick, but when you don't make the sound, what ends up happening is you go up into your head and you get in your head, you're dead, analysis, paralysis. It's like you're trying to mentalize and compartmentalize and analyze all these thoughts as opposed to just feeling the feelings. So, for example, when the Jets lost the other day, and I had so much passion about it, right? I wasn't like mad per se at a player or, or mad at the coaches. That An older version of me would have blamed them. I don't do that anymore, especially my wife encouraged me. Don't yell at the players. You're really just talking to yourself. Just, you know, if you're upset, just get with the upset. So, um, you know, you bend your arm and you just yell the sound into your arm. Like, <clears throat> you just make the sound. Now, some of you would be thinking, well, that's silly. Why, why would I make sound? Well, I, I can assure you that heart attacks and cancer, strokes, uh, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, you name it, it's nothing more than bottled up emotion that you haven't gotten with. And when the energy and the emotion is bottled up and bound for so long, eventually it implodes and it's called a sickness or a disease. They're not going to tell you that at the hospital. They're going to tell you, oh, you had a heart attack. Oh, you had a stroke. Oh, you have this disease. But the reality is, it's emotional energy that you stuff down. The culture never made it socially appropriate for you to make these sounds. In fact, the only two places that's generally okay to make sound is number one, at sporting events, and number two, in the hospital, the emergency room. You hear people groaning and moaning and making sound. That's normal. Or you go to a sporting event and you're allowed to yell. Outside of that, we generally don't make sounds and we're constantly living in our heads and we have nowhere to go with, these, with this emotional energy. So imagine, you know, when, when Tom got slammed by Jerry in the foot with the hammer, imagine he couldn't make that sound. You, you got to let the sound out. So I'm suggesting that before, before 
you get together with your relatives, think about a few of them that have a tendency to activate you or trigger you and just simply make some of the sounds to clear some of the charge, to clear some of the energy, to clear some of the emotions. So you come in more free. It's like you take your spiritual eraser on the blackboard and you erase it all so that you have a clean slate. So now it's like you're not carrying this charge, just like, you know, the taxi cab driver that gets cut off for the first time. No big deal. You know, after driving 20 years in Manhattan or 10 years, somebody cuts him off. He's honking, he's yelling, he's screaming because it's just a buildup. It's a buildup of not letting himself make those sounds. So think about how many times you push down the energy, you push down the emotion. And now it's just percolating, waiting to boil over. And as soon as somebody in the family does something that you don't like, sets you off and boom, you go right up into your head and you get this attitude and you act out in a way where you're using force rather than power. You can't express yourself. You're not rooted. You're not grounded. You lost your center. You're supposed to be imperturbable and unwavering and you're none of those things. So what do you do? You give yourself permission to make sound. Well, what if during the holidays, somebody pisses you off in real time? Excuse yourself. Go outside. Grab a pillow. Yell into your arm. Just make the sound. Well, that's crazy, David. Why would I want to do that? I'm not crazy. No, it's crazy to hold on to that sound. It's crazy to stuff that emotion and get physically sick. It's crazy to stuff the emotion and then to become a jerk or to become withdrawn or to withdraw your love. That's what's crazy. That's what's lunacy. What's normal is for you to just acknowledge that there's an emotion there and give yourself permission to just be with the emotion. In fact, it only takes a few seconds to a few minutes to fully be with an emotion and then it turns usually into joy and laughter. You want to know the number one way, write this down guys, the number one way to turn your triggers and your charges, your polarizations, your upsets, your issues with other people. You want to learn how to turn that into something else. You have to find the levity. You have to find the laughter. You have to get to a point where it's actually funny to you. And if you can laugh, like you put two people in a room that don't like each other and you get them to share a commonality on something that they can laugh about, they'll forget what they're mad about. Laughter is the ultimate cure for polarity and for charges. So go watch some funny movies before you get together with your relatives or have something funny on when you are hanging out with them. Or if somebody does something to piss you off, See if you can tickle yourself or find some laughter or go yell into your arm and make the sound. But don't withdraw. Don't leave the house with attitude in your immature, excuse me, masculine. Don't, you know, lose the solidity of who you are and your roots and being grounded like an oak tree. Don't withdraw. Don't retreat. Don't fight back. Don't use force. Don't go into your head. Here's another trick. Put your hands on your heart. And just keep breathing into your heart, in the nose, out the mouth. And come back into your center. Come back into the place of love. If you're getting triggered by somebody in your family, if you watched this live earlier, I shared that they're not really triggering you. They're triggering a trigger that exists inside of you, which means it's your issue. You think the issue is with the other person. The issue is with yourself. People don't trigger you. Events don't trigger you. They trigger your trigger. They are nothing more than a match, a spark lighting what's already inside of you. It's your responsibility as a man to get with those charges, to get with those triggers, to get with your polarities and learn how to diffuse them in a healthy way. Learn how to turn that into a greater opportunity to give love. We are here, gentlemen, to love others, not to judge, not to withhold our love, which is an act of violence. We are here to genuinely love. 
you want to say, yeah, but David, you don't know my ex-wife or you don't know my brother or you don't know my sister or you don't know how horrible my father's been. I, if you had him or you had them, you, you would not love them. You'd get pissed off too. And my answer to that is, you know, number one, on one hand, I, you know, I'm sorry that you had to experience that, but I'm also going to tell you because I always keep it straight. You have yet to see the gift. You have yet to see the gift in, in having that person in your life. You have yet to fully unpack it. And you have yet to realize that this person that's in your life is bringing you a gift and they're inviting you into a deeper space of love. And perhaps the thing that you want from that person the most is the very thing that you must bring to them. Perhaps the person that you want the most respect from or trust from or love from, perhaps you have to actually give to them the very thing you want to get from them. I can promise you that that will free you more than actually waiting to get what you want from them. And we have case study after case study, story after story in this community of guys who have done exactly what I'm sharing with you. So for those relatives that have bothered you, that have triggered you, that you have an issue with, what if this season you found a deeper place in your heart, a deeper place of love, and you decided regardless of how they're showing up, you decided who you're going to be. You decided to bring your A-game. You decided to bring an up-level version of yourself. You decided to stay rooted and imperturbable and unwavering. You decided to be in your heart. And you decided that no matter what anybody else says, it doesn't have to knock me off of my center. I'm here to love and I'm here to serve. And that is your mission as a man. And you have that special invitation and opportunity to bring that during these holidays. Guys, it is your man on fire mentor, Dave Mailer. It is so much of an honor and a privilege to always be able to share with you. I look forward to our future lives and podcasts and learning from you and growing with you. And together we can all rise with passion, with power, and live a life deeply on purpose. So much love, guys. Happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays. I'll see you soon. Put your final comments below. And if you haven't already, Please smash up that like key to support us with the Facebook algorithms. And don't forget, throw me a fire sign. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to click subscribe so you never miss an episode. Then share with your friends and leave us a raving review. To connect with David, you can find him at www.manonfirerising.com or on Facebook. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Man on Fire Rising podcast with David Mailer.